we welcome you to the We Love Arabian Horses podcast. We Love Arabian Horses has a simple goal, to promote the Arabian breed to those outside of our community, moms, dads, and kids of all ages, and of course, horse lovers from every walk of life. Thank you for listening. This episode of the We Love Arabian Horses podcast is sponsored by Markel. Markel is the insurance with horse sense. If you'd like to learn more, visit MarkelInsurance.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-L Insurance.com. And let them know we sent you. Hello, everybody. This is Paul Costa with the We Love Raving Horses podcast. And today I'm thrilled to introduce Preston Keeter, who's joined us. Hello, Preston. Hello, Paul. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, we're thrilled to have you, and we're going to talk about a couple interesting items. Preston is with Midcrest Farm up in Washington State, and he can tell you a little bit more about that. Um, we're going to talk about Preston and his adventure and being with Arabian Horses, but also some interesting things he's had with a certain challenge class that's up in Region 5. So, Preston, we start every in- interview with the uh, question about how you got started with Arabians and what, you know, what has you have your passion today. If you'd share a little bit about that, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, of course. Thank you again for having me on. And um, well, I was, I mean, as well as most people are aware, my dad has done, has been in this for a very long time. It started from my grandparents and then uh, my parents took it over and then I just was born into it. I mean, I, I, I've been schooling horses, doing things with trainers for, since I was young, every time my dad had a horse with a trainer, I always learned from him and just was able to watch and learn, take little techniques from everybody. But um, I went off to college and graduated. I played baseball at Washington State, and um, I actually came home because two of my dad's mom passed away, and then his best friend, Mel Clapp, who was also in the horses, passed away a couple weeks apart, and uh, it was really hard on my dad, but I came home, and it just felt like it was right for me to stay, so I stayed home. I always loved the horses, knew I was going to do something along the lines of, you know, being in the Arabian horse industry, but I didn't know exactly what it was going to be, and then I just felt like, uh, it was a calling just to continue to pursue it. And I always was around horses. I've always schooled horses, done stuff for a long time. I just didn't know I was going to do it as a career. And I stayed home and got my degree online and finished up college and just kind of took it over from there. And he's still very much involved with me, obviously, but I wanted to bring in, you know, a different side of it with the training and showing and kind of more of the competitive side of it. I just still, I never really got out of my system, the competitive side of this industry. So how long have you been there with your dad since college? Uh, so I graduated in 11. So it's been, wow, 11. What has it been? It's been 11 years now. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. And there y'all are a training operation, a breeding operation. What, what Tell us a little bit about what y'all do there. Yeah. So we stand stallions. We uh, breed them, pull out mares, do marketing, sell, show. I mean, everything you can kind of think of when it comes to the Arabian horse industry. And um, that's what we do. And that's what my dad's done for years. And with all the history of his, you know, championships and winnings that he's had with horses and stallions and everything you can think of. And we just kind of continued it on. My dad was, I wouldn't say retiring, but he was getting slowing down a little bit. Then I decided I wanted to do this and bought another farm and started all up again. And where are you based in Washington? We're on uh Western Washington. So we're in Enumclaw, small town, kind of towards the mountains. Okay. So how far from the coast, just to give people a barometer? Oh, we're only about, I'd say from Seattle, we're 45 minutes. Okay. So very close to Seattle. So you'd fly into Seattle to to come see you guys. Yeah, absolutely. 
So tell us a little bit about um, what you're personally doing today and your involvement and, and why you've kind of, you got born into the breed, but what kind of had you want to stay? What made you love Arabian horses? Well, you know, it, it was kind of the camaraderie, you know, to be honest. I mean, I think I've known, I've met more friends and more even extended family because of the Arabian horses in ways that you would never meet them outside of it. Um, and from all across the country, across the world and people that have watched me grow up and now are continuing to support me with my journey with training and showing horses. And, uh, I think that was the biggest thing for me, to be honest. It was one of those things, like I said, when I was in school and stuff, it never really left my system and I always loved it. And I thought, you know what, it's with everything that's been going on the last few years in the industry in the last I don't know 10 plus years you know there's been a lot of changes and a lot of things have happened and um, the one thing that is never changed though is the camaraderie you still love seeing the people you don't get to see every single day but because of the horses you get to be around them at the shows and the big events and things that bring us all together and of course you gotta love the Arabian horse I mean you're not gonna do this if you don't love the Arabian horse but the one thing I really want to push now is just bringing more excitement the more you know the old old school days of when I was growing up remembering going to the finals in Louisville and being dressed in a full tuxedo and having to watch the classes and you know it's just those kind of days I'm trying to get back just the fun the excitement more than anything I mean having little things here and there that bring such excitement to people that of all you know of all parts of life people that aren't necessarily the billionaires the people that aren't you know, can't afford the most expensive horse on the farm, but can, ex can still have fun with a good horse or right. giving them the opportunities to still be able to be involved some way, somehow without having the biggest pocketbook or political standard or whatever you want to say it is. I mean, you just gotta, I just want to give everybody the opportunity to be involved in this because it is such a fun environment, fun. It's a passion for anybody that falls in love with the Arabian horse. You never, sure. it never, it never leaves. Well, one thing you mentioned, and it's kind of funny because when I asked the question, some people have the, the passion for the horse and some people say the passion for the people. But the funny thing is they're kind of both interchangeable. These people have come along because of this passion we all have for the horse. And because of the horse, it attracts a certain kind of person that there's a, it's a very creative and, and, and ingenuous crowd. No, wait. It, you really do bring people from all across aspects of life. I mean – there are people like in the older days, I mean, Patrick Swayze, people that you wouldn't just see him on a regular, you know, every day walking around your office and seeing them. I mean, unless you had a certain kind of job and this gives people such an opportunity to be involved in such so many ways of life, different people. And it's special. And, you know, the Arabian horse in itself is, is magnificent. I mean, you don't get this kind of breed is just different. And, when you get to lead a horse like that, or you get to be on the end of a line or just watch a horse that can do what it can do. If you don't know horses, it attracts you to it because it's just different and the different disciplines it it does. I mean, it's, it's a miraculous, miraculous animal. Well, I totally agree. And I know we have many, many friends who agree all over the world. Um, that's a fantastic um, tapestry of fantastic horses and people um, throughout the, the globe. Hey, Preston, let's talk about this challenge class in Region 5. I know that's a big part of what you wanted to share and some special stories and moments about this class. What, what is the class? Where is it? And let's hear about it. So a couple of years ago, I started this class. Well, I started talking with the Region 5 coordinators and talking about how, you know, 
you there was the lack of almost I'd want to say fun with the ring not necessarily outside of the ring you know hanging out at the barns that's always fun but the lack of people coming to want to see what's going on and between qualifications not qualifications it, it was hard to get everything done at the, you know together well I started talking and I said you know what we should do is some kind of challenge class which brings amateurs to show horses that they don't necessarily have to own because like I said they can't afford certain horses you know but it, it gives them the opportunity to show anything they want you can lease it you can do whatever you want to show this horse no qualifications needed no nothing and we created it so it gave people more variety so we did a two and older mare and gelding challenge and amateur to handle not amateur owner to handle so you could lease a horse if you wanted to or show anything and we did that we raised prize money for it we had a, ro a white rose blanket made for it, garlands we donated my dad and me we donated one of our uh, crystal trophies that my dad won years ago and it's got a professional trophy now and anybody that sponsors it it goes straight to the prize money so these people that the amateurs that can go on the ring can not only win a pretty garland win you know a trophy but you win prize money and it's true that you know money still does attract a lot of people and being able to do that and be able to be a part of it. I mean, in the last couple of years at regionals, it's the biggest class of the show and a lot of excitement, a lot of fun that drives people there just to watch this class. I mean, there's people that heard about the class at the last minute, entered their horse and went in and showed them they had a blast. Top five win money and reserve and champion win more money, of course. But it was so just impressive. a lot of Hold fun. On just just so it's a, it's a halter class. Yes. Right. And it could be any amateur of any age. Yep. And they don't have to own the horse. So it's amateur to handle. And it's, it's yep. run and just it's like a normal breeding halter class, but for mares yep. and geldings only. Yep. Regular breeding halter class and geldings and mares two and over. And it's, it is a lot of fun. I mean, this year they ran it this year, even more, it was even more fun because they ran it like the old school way after Everybody was done showing. Everybody was on the rail. They did their last stand-ups. Everybody left the arena. So they were able to do like you did where you announced your top five came running in. So it gave these amateurs the opportunity to feel like, wow, this is really cool. This is like the big time. You got to run back in. You, everybody's cheering for you. Then you stand in the back of the arena and they announce the reserve and champion. And it's given a lot of people, especially up here, people that either don't show halter horses, don't have halter horses, they just fall in love with it because they're like, man, it's just the adrenaline, the excitement of being in the ring in that kind of situation. It's just so much fun. And it's driven a lot of people to want to do it. That's fantastic. And this is something y'all just came up with at region five. Yeah. I've started two years ago. I had a, one of the directors there called me and said, Preston, we need to do something that's just fun. And we only had a month two years ago to figure something out. And I just started planning things, figuring it out. And then, I called clients and everybody. We started sponsoring, raising money for it. And that's, you know, really, it's not about, you know, the sponsorship side of it isn't really about, oh, I get to sponsor this. So I get my, I get this, you know, big picture of my farm and all this stuff. It's not really what it's about. It's about just bringing people together and having a lot of fun. So we would raise money. I think a couple of years, uh, last year, this year was $5,000. And um, it was just, and then it was split out to the prize money. But this year we're going to try to do a little bit more of course like if you sponsor you get a little you know your logo with a banner and something in the arena or something but it was just the standpoint of trying to bring more people and more attractiveness to these smaller shows the regional shows 
because that's where it all started. And to continue that by bringing excitement to it. So that's what all the, everyone's trying to do. And it's, and it's been successful two years. Well, that's fantastic. I know you want to talk a little bit about this one young man that kind of has stolen the show a little bit with this class as well. Yeah. His name is Chandler Brown. He has became like a little brother to me. And so this young man, I met him at a daffodil horse show and he really just kind of went in about how much he looked up to me and loved watching me show. And he's always admired how I showed horses. And it really touched me just like the old days when I was able to grow up and go learn from these guys and the opportunities I had because of my parents, because of the farm and my parents sent horses out for training. So I was able to go learn from the trainers themselves. It's not the same like it used to be. I mean, it's not as easy for these young kids that have these dreams like him to do this as a career or, or has the passion for it. So I looked at him and I was like, you want to come school horses? And he absolutely loved it. So he's been out schooling horses with me, just kind of learning, having some fun and he fell in love with this filly, very nice filly, and he ended up showing her in that class because the owner, Lee Melkai, was like, you know what, let this young man show the kid. But because this class is just an amateur to handle class, you don't have to own the horse. He was able to do it. You know, they lease the horse or whatever you want to do for the show, you know, and he was able to show and people love seeing this kid in the ring. People screened for him. He did a fabulous job and it was just started from there. Well, in the process of this, this young man has fell in love with the Philly so hard that we helped him figure out a way and thank God for the owner, because it's very hard to do this kind of stuff where he could own this Philly. So now he is able to own this Philly, work it out, no matter how long it takes, whatever it is, but he's able to really live out what he's wanted to do and have a great horse and follow his passion for this. And now he owns the Philly. And how and old is this, this young man? He's 11 years old. So this, so he started all this when he was younger than nine. Yeah. So his dad is, a, uh, was a trainer or is a trainer. Um, I believe they're from the East coast and then they just moved up here. Well, that's fantastic. So what about his, passion himself i mean he came up to you and said hello just as a you know 10 year old boy kind of saying hello to a mentor to him yeah i mean one brave kid i mean i i don't know if i could have done that at that age and just walked up to someone out of nowhere and he was just very complimentary very like wow you did such a great job in this class shook my hand like an adult and when you meet this kid i mean he's 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 no little kid I mean, he is a very mature young man. And when he talks to you, he talks like an adult, but he's very sweet, very caring. And, you know, it's hard because there's a lot of people, a lot of kids out there that, you know, life is different. They don't act the way they used to or everything. But this kid, he was raised the right way. And he's very nice and very sweet and very professional, even in the smallest of ways. Um, so nice what about you him? sorry to interrupt you what what about him though has made this class so special because it kind of became a big deal and people like go up to the arena just to watch him show yeah so a friend of mine jada reed who's in Cal and who is in canada and some of our other friends like the tobex who are out here they're performance trainers and they just i've been posting a little bit about the kid and they just they thought he was so sweet very cute kid and then they met him at the show and they're like, wow, he's just a very nice young man. And they said, 
what's he showing him? So I told him he's showing in this class. Well, next thing you know, everybody left their stalls and everything just to come watch. They were just watching him come in. And when he came in, everybody was cheering for him just because how nice of a young man he was. And, and it was just a great environment. People, all different classes of trainers, all different, you know, disciplines. I mean, they were all there just to watch him and watch the class, of course. But having someone like him in the arena, the, it really made a lot of people remember, like, that's what we did when we were younger. That's why we fell in love with the horses, where someone took the time to give me an opportunity to be around the horses. And Absolutely. it was great. It really was. I mean, everybody loved him. After he walked out of the arena, win, lose, or whatever happened, he, he was, you did a great job. Everybody was congratulating him, talking to him. And he was the, he was the talk of the show. There's no doubt. That's cool. Well, what's he doing now and what's his future here for the next couple of years? Oh, well, he's, he's showing, I know he's playing sports right now, but he's going to be showing, he's got all sorts of plans to take this Philly to world cup. He said, Scott still everything. And uh, I think he's still this year. He's never been. So this is going to be his first year going, but uh, he's got big aspirations. He told me uh, as a joke, um, we walked, we were walking in the arena. He, I took him with me to go school all sorts of horses for different people when we were there. And uh, he walked with me and he goes, Hey, I got an idea. I'm, I think I'm almost there. Would you, would you take me to Paris and let me show horses in Paris? And I said, well, Chandler, I mean, that's a, that's a little ways out there, buddy. He goes, well, it's just right around the corner for me. I feel it. I'm like, oh, okay, buddy. That's exciting. Well, listen, I want to go back to the class itself and region five kudos to region five and you guys for, you know, even designing this concept. I think I've, I've talked to a lot of folks the last couple of years about our two-year-old year and those babies that are, you know, right between their one-year-old and their three-year-old and what do you do with them and starting this class where they can be part of that. And at their two-year-old year was smart of you guys. Um, so tell me about the class itself. You said it was the largest class of the show. Yeah, we had 11 horses last year. And then I think we had 12 this year. And as everybody's aware of, you know, the regional shows aren't, the numbers aren't there like they used to be. But being able to combine the two geldings and mares, two and over, was able to bring a little bit more competition to the individual class. Um, but I think what it does is, you know, without the qualifications and all those kind of things, it just gives people like, you know what, I got a two-year-old, go win some money, have some fun, trophies, this and that. It just gave them an opportunity and two and over any age. So it just gave multiple horses to be able to go to a class, more competition. You know, it just gave kind of a more like you win this class and you're top five in this class. It was like the old days where you're like, that's a big deal. So, right. And it's also gives entry for people who don't necessarily own a horse to yeah. come and participate in show and um, even at the regional level. I think there's so Absolutely. many great things about it. I judged the midsummer show um, a couple of years ago, and I know y'all were already working on this idea at that time. And I, I heard a lot about it up there. I was very impressed. Oh, it was, it was great. And it's, uh, it's been successful and I'm going to keep trying to get it, get it bigger and bigger every year, more numbers, more people. Um, but it was like, even like, um, Jada Reed had a client that had a very nice mare and she was a hunter mare and done very well, but she goes, you know what? She can go halter. And the late, the owner wanted to show her in the halter class. So they entered her last minute and she got to show her in the halter class and it was a blast. She made top five and it mare looked awesome, but it was just give them the opportunity. Like, you know what? without having had the qualifications, without having all of all these things, they were able to go in. Right. And they loved it. it. Gave another class for something else to do for people that just love to show, gave them another avenue and another opportunity to show their horse. 
Well, Preston, I think it's great. So congratulations to you and your family and your farm, but also to you and your committee and the folks at Region 5 that have um, brought this class together and exciting. We can have a young man like Chandler that's um, innovative and excited and very um, passionate about the breed, even at the age of 11 or 12 years old. Um, there's a lot of good news in this. So I appreciate you sharing the story. It's something that others in other shows around the country, either regular shows or class A, I mean, regional could um, add to their show schedule. Is Absolutely. It Absolutely. And I think it, just having this class or some kind of class along the lines, and it doesn't have to be just halter. I mean, someone that's smarter and can figure out another way to do it with the performance class and stuff. It just gives more people opportunities. It gives them an excitement. And the one thing region five does, it puts it on a Friday night, Saturday night, first class. So it's kind of like the preparation for the class. Everybody gets ready. Like, Oh, this is going to be Friday night class, you know, sit down, grab a drink, whatever you're going to do and enjoy the class. And it's just fun. There's a lot of excitement and that's what makes it. And I think adding this to multiple regionals or different shows, whatever is possible it gives so many more people an opportunity to be involved in some way, some, some fashion. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great point of entry and, and um, works well for folks, whether they're 10 years old or, or 75 years old. Absolutely. So Preston, if people want to reach out to you to ask you any questions about this or any other topic, what's your best email address? So it's my name, Preston Keeter, zero one at gmail.com. And Preston Peter, Peter 01 at gmail.com. What, what were you going to say? No, anybody that wants to reach out anytime. I mean, to talk about the class, to have opportunities. We had people this year that donated uh, Gina Roland Dupree, who uh, does the fancy tack and makes beautiful halters and designs. She donated a halter to the highest scoring youth handler of the class. So it was still something that even if you weren't, a, if you didn't win or anything, but you were a youth handler doing your best and tried your best. If you were the highest one, you got a beautiful designer halter. And it was just part that people wanted to donate and be a part of because they all agree that this for the Arabian industry is very important. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for sharing this idea about this class. It's going so well for Region 5. We appreciate it. We appreciate everything you do in the business. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate what you guys do. I love this page and what you guys are doing with the We Love Arabian Horses. I mean, it's excellent for what we need in this industry. Hey, this is Austin, director of the We Love Arabian Horses podcast. Thanks for listening. If you want to share ideas, feedback, or want to get involved, send me an email at austin at weloveArabianHorses.com.